Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to video episode number 57 and season three, episode 13, if you're listening on the podcast platforms of Music Is Not A Genre. Each week I take a release or several from my collection, I discuss them, I give you my take on them, I throw in some interesting things, and I connect them to my music, other music, and other things in the world. Uh, thanks to everyone who has subscribed, to my recent new Patreon patrons, thank you so much for joining the Manag family, and uh, anyone who has clicked and shared and listened and watched, and all of you out there who are as into music as I am, uh, thank you very much. This week... Uh, I'm starting a new uh, mini-series. If you remember a little bit back, and if you don't, please go look it up. I did a four-episode series on illusion in music and how things uh, are not always as they seem or as they sound. Uh, This series is called Death is Dumb, and this is Death is Dumb Volume 1, Fountains of Wayne, Power Pop Bliss. And what I'm going for here is uh, in my collection, I have several bands, artists, uh, either uh, who have died or a member of the band has died. And I'm kind of talking about what that means, how it feels, uh, what the legacy is and all of that. And that's where, you know, that's where this is coming from. It was just a coincidence that I noticed that a lot of the bands that that, uh, I'm sorting through my CD collection and... I was collecting the various, you know, uh, band uh, discographies and noticed that several of them had, uh, you know, either like Prince or someone had died or someone in the band had died. And I thought, well, this is kind of important. You know, we've gone through a lot of this. Uh, I mean, life is full of loss. You know, it's full, whether it's a, a loss of a person or a relationship or a friendship, uh job, um, loss of a house, you know, due to fire or money issues or what have you, uh, the end of an era, you know, whether it's your college years or, or your youth, things like that. Uh, it's, it's a part of everyone's life. And, you know, they, they say some, somebody better to have uh, loved and lost than never to have loved before. It's a tough, tough, tough lesson for a lot of people to learn. And yet I think it's the right one. You know, the, none of these losses make a difference except for the fact that it, that it was of something that we loved or desired or was a very strong part of our lives. And yeah, the same, the same goes for music, you know. Well, a few years ago when I started, I, you know, an episode from a couple of weeks ago that I did was called uh, What is a Chronolography, uh, the part of the title. And that's a word I made up, which just has to do with, you know, uh, listening to an entire artist's discography in chronological order. 
And I talked about how that's not just about the music. It's not about each individual album, but it, it places it in context in the time and the era, um, what else was going on in music at the time. But it also is about those people's lives and what was going on in their lives, who might have, who might have, what might have affected the music that they were doing or what decisions they made on a personal level to create that music. And that's similar to me to how the different ways in which people attach themselves or, or connect with sports. There are people who are all about statistics, who are all about performance. So that might equate to people statistically who know um, when every album was released, what the track listing is and, you know, all the personnel on the on the albums or as far as performance how good something is based on their subjective opinion, the, the chops, the, the vocal performance, the songs themselves, etc. Uh, but then there are people who absorb sports through more of a story sense, uh, like, you know, that guy just came off the, the injury list after he had had a really tough year last year and started the year gangbusters and then got knocked back. Is he going to come back roaring and ready to kick it or whatever? And or things in a sports figure's personal life or a social, you know, public life even that might affect how they play or the story that's told or the relationship between the players and things like that. That's what I get. One of the main things I get from a chronography, which is feeling connected to the people who make the music, feeling like there's a part of them that I know. Now, being an artist and knowing enough about artistry, you, you don't really get to know an artist through what they do, although some artists will say it's the best way to get to know them. And that's always kind of a, a chimera. And that has something to do with that illusion series, uh, coincidentally, that I, that I did before. Uh, and I think in this case, though, when it comes to a band like this week's band, Fountains of Wayne, or any band that you feel connected to, that you love, that's been a part of your life for any stretch of time, that has given you music over and over, that's the, you know, the band whose music you looked forward to or you saw in concert and loved and all of that, you feel some kind of connection, not just to the music, but to the people, if you're that type of person who absorbs music in that way, and I certainly am. Uh, this So that's kind of what this entire series is about. And I'm starting with Fountains of Wayne for a couple of reasons. First of all, because, uh, yeah, they're one of my favorite bands. Uh, they influenced the hell out of me uh, from their first album over here. And if, you're, if you can't see, it's their eponymous album, Fountains of Wayne, released in 1996, to their last album, Sky Full of Holes, in 2011, I believe which you don't see here. Their last two albums I don't have on CD. I swear I have the second to last one on CD and can't freaking find it. But, you know, nevertheless, they put out uh, five full albums and then this thing, Out of State Plates, was a collection of like B-sides and alternate takes and things like that. Um, you know, we all of that. So great, great stuff. Uh, not a very large uh, discography, but so, you know, doubly worth looking through but also because they are one of the premier power pop bands. Pop music, with I was talking about that with Liz Fair last week. Pop music with an edge, pop music with force behind it, but still pop music. And that's a lot of what I do, and that's so that's partly because of how they influence me, but also how the Beatles influence me and, you know, the, the Cars and other power pop bands, things like that. But back to the topic... 
which is I chose Fountains of Wayne first because last year, almost exactly a year ago, uh, April 1st, I believe it was, Adam Schlesinger, the primary force behind Fountains of Wayne, the songwriter, the guy who really put the band together along with the lead singer, Chris Collingwood, died of COVID. He was in his 50s and he wasn't slowing down. He was in the midst of a prolific career, done a lot of, uh, he had another band for a while. He did a lot of TV work. Fountains of Wayne had broken up in 2013. But his death was a real shock to me and to a lot of people in the industry and a lot of music lovers. And I did a tribute concert to him, which if I remember it, I will put the link here for this podcast. And there's a song of theirs that I'll get to in a second that made kind of made me tear up when I heard it anyway. And then trying to sing it and getting to the end, that was a little tough. So, you know, he meant a lot to me. The band meant a lot to me. And the way I see it is this. Bands, music, anything that having to do with life continuing is about hope. So if a band is still together, if an artist is still active, if they're, they're performing, touring, they're, doing, they're creating new music, they're recording new music, releasing new albums, then you anticipate the next one. When are they coming around to my city again? When are they releasing that new album? You get really excited. You feel connected. Uh, for example, U2 is due to put an album out this year. And every four years, or essentially, that's what they've done in the last three decades or so. And I anticipate it every year. And it psychs me out that all four of them are still alive. It's still the same damn band as it was in the, you know, from the mid-70s and on. Um, that's what you feel. When a band retires or an artist retires or breaks up, when a band breaks up, it hits hard, you know, it hurts, but there's still that sense of, well, there's still some hope, right? They may have a reunion tour. They may uh, come together and do a couple of new songs or a whole album, you know, get back together in some way, shape or form. It may not even be the full band, uh, the original members, but enough of them that it's still that band. So there's that hope. You know, it's not the same as them being together and pumping out music, but, you know, you, you know that, that there's still a possibility there. When an artist dies or a member of a prominent member of a band dies, that hope is gone. That era is gone. That timeline is gone. The, the, the for perfect example, when, and, and this is over 40 years now, when John Lennon died, it shook the world not because the Beatles were still together making music, but A, because John Lennon was John Lennon, but B, because the Beatles could have gotten back together to make more music. And that hope ended. That hope completely ended. Uh, say what you want about the mid-90s box set where they, you know, the Beatles, in quotes, put a couple of songs out, and I think there were a few more they did that they didn't release based on John Lennon's home tapes or demos, and so it was the four of them. It's not the same thing. And you know it's not the same thing. It was wonderful to hear and the box sets were awesome. But it's not the same thing. At, after, after someone like him dies, after uh, Kurt Cobain died, after Prince died, David Bowie, like on and on. Don't even get me started. It's the reason why this is such an important series that I'm doing. Death is dumb. Those, those hopes are gone. There are still days, months, you know, years where I think of some of these artists 
and wonder what they'd be doing now. Wonder what the band might be putting out now or that artist, uh, you know, how their music might have changed. The kind of things that you look forward to with an artist that you love. And it's uh, it sucks. There's no other way to, to say it. It just sucks. Death is dumb is a phrase that I came up with before is it before or I think it might have been no it was uh right around when I started these video podcasts and long before I transferred to audio hello out there radio land uh when I was doing a little thing on Lou Reed and some other bands um and talked about that that was when I wrote that phrase death is dumb and and here's the thing philosophically you all have your opinions on death you may believe in an afterlife and are at peace with the fact that you will die someday you you and you and or and or you may fear death you may welcome death as an end to a loving wonderful life or as an end to a difficult life that that was enough you know and uh yeah depressing but there are certainly people who feel that way you may think that death can be conquered in some way that you could prolong your life indefinitely you may be so into sci-fi and fantasy that you just hope that technology catches up to where we can live even longer or have our consciousness consciousnesses transferred to some digital realm where we still feel and think and all of that stuff, uh, renew our bodies or become a vampire or whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, as it stands today in 2021, and I'm sure until the end of time, death is a part of life. And it's something that we have to make our peace with one way or another. It's best not to avoid it. It's best not to run away from it. Because if you're running away from the prospect of you one day dying, you're probably running away from a big portion of your own life. You're not living life to the fullest because you don't understand the value of every single day that you breathe. Uh, I wrote a song about that and my band Rec released uh, part of the Weird Objective. It's the third or fourth song from the entire Weird Objective called Scroll Out. And the first line is, I want to die a little every day so I can watch my life scroll out before my face. Um, and the idea is, if you can feel every day what what it's like to be in your last moments of life, where your life flashes before your eyes, then you might appreciate things a little more. And the older you get, of course, hopefully, as you you know gain more experience, you feel those things. But my contention is that death is dumb. My contention is that, yeah, I see, okay, so you value life more because death exists. But you know what? And, you know, I'm sorry, I can't answer this, but I have a suspicion that I would value life just as much. Some people might not. And, okay, I get that. And the thing is, even if we were all immortal, you know, you could could burn in a fire and never exist again in that way. You know, living forever is of course a fantasy but if it were not there's still ways to die if you really wanted to but what it takes away from people is just absolutely devastating um there's someone i know now i've known for 18 years who's on life support and it's killing me there are people relatives who have died after a, a long long wonderful life and relatives who have died way too young at the age of 30 at the age of uh, 19 or 21 or or it's 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 disturbing and and awful and and I think that's my point. I think I think death takes away way more than it gives on every level. 
And when I think of a band like Fountains of Wayne, who's, uh, you know, if we go through this, uh, their eponymous album in 96, uh, Utopia Parkway shortly after, uh, took a couple years off and then did Welcome Interstate Managers, where Stacy's Mom was the big hit. But that album, in, 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 I, there are um, other songs in that album that I love even more. There are other songs on other albums that I love even more than that song. And it's and then um, uh, Traffic and Weather in 2007 and Sky Full of Holes in 2011. And in between this B-Sides thing out of state plates, so much great music. It's music that more people should know. And you don't know what Adam Schlesinger would have done if he were still alive, if he would have gone back there. I, I, have, I believe him being so prolific and restless, he would have made another Fountains of Wayne album. Uh, and the thing is, he, the work he did outside of that was great. The work Chris Collingwood had done, has done and probably hopefully continues to do outside of Fountains of Wayne, great. You know, the reason why that band was great was because they were great. But it's kind of like when the Beatles broke up, all of them had super successful solo careers. It still wasn't the same. It's still not the same. And no offense to any, to Paul or Ringo who kick major ass, but it's the synergy of a band, you know, even, you know, when Prince had a way of reinventing himself to where even when the revolution broke up, he found a way to be incredible. And Bo, Bowie, the same thing every time he changed, you know, skins, essentially, uh, up right up until his last album, which is an incredible album. Uh, but that loss, uh, I hope I hear Chris Collingwood sing again with his wonderful, wonderful voice. And I want to make a point of saying that because he is alive and well and as somebody we should appreciate because of what he contributed to the world and to this band, Fountains of Wayne. But knowing that the songs that I love, you know, new, those new songs will never be created. Um, there's a song All Kinds of Time. It's the one I was telling you about. It's from uh, Welcome Interstate Managers. I did several of those songs in my set. And... I had a hard time getting through it because even though it's essentially about a school football game and the quarterback and family watching and all of that and how he's in the pocket and he's got time to look for his, you know, man and throw the ball and, you know, um, move on like that, it's still, uh, it has this secondary meaning of how fleeting life is and how when you're young, you do think you have all kinds of time. Well, some of us. I, when I was young, I... I thought I was running out of time by the time I was 23, but you know, uh, I, which I think is actually more common than I realize, but it's like youth is wasted on the young type thing. Thankfully, I shook out of that at a young enough point to where I understood how precious every day is. And, and I hope that we understand how precious every song is, every album is that an artist or band releases, uh, this, this band being one of them. And, and uh, I hope that from this um, podcast that you take a moment and you look up Fountains of Wayne, you look up songs, uh, anything from Welcome Interstate Managers, anything from their first album, anything from any of their albums. Summer Place from Sky Full of Holes is one of my daughter's favorite songs, especially in the summer. And uh, Sink to the Bottom and Joe Ray and Leave the Biker from the first album, just things that are that are brilliant and joyous and there's just even the songs that have melancholy to them are just full of joy and that's one of the things i've always loved about fountains of wayne um and and yeah it's been a year 
and it still hurts that Adam uh, Schlesinger is gone, and it hurts that this band will never be together again, even if they, even if Chris Collingwood said, let's get the rest of the band together and, you know, write new songs, I, I am going to buy the hell out of that and listen to it, but it won't be the same. It won't be the same. And that's why I think I've been so vibrantly busy lately because I understand how lucky I am in so many ways to be alive and healthy and have so many wonderful people in my life who are alive and well uh, and to still be creating music uh, as, as feverishly as I ever have, if not more so. Uh, is a it's a it's a wonderful feeling, and I hope that you get that feeling from the music that you hear from me, uh, from any artist. Um, but speaking of me, my uh, Band Rex latest album, Synergy for the Weird, which is the fifth uh, album off of the Weird Objective box set, if you'd like to call it that, uh, magnum opus for now. Uh, owes a lot to Fountains of Wayne, as do many of my albums. In particular, the opening song, Wake Up High. You can hear the power pop in that big time. Uh, so please take a listen to that. The link is below uh, in the text. Uh, please go, go, go listen to Fountains of Wayne. Please go do that. If you don't know this, if you know this band, comment and tell me what you like from them. Uh, the things or that you know that Adam Schlesinger also wrote that thing you do. The title song from that, from that uh, movie. Incredible song. That was just covered by Green Day, actually, last year. I would check out that cover. It was pretty awesome. Um, and uh, if you, is there a band of yours that somebody from the band died or the artist died? I know a friend here who just loves Bowie, who, who loved Queen and was sad when Freddie Mercury died. And the band like that for you, where it just broke your heart when you knew that they would never get back together. For me, it's not just Fountains of Wayne. It's... Uh, the Beastie Boys, you know, was, was another one that really hit me hard. And that's going on nine years now. And I really still can't believe that they'll never put an album out again as a trio. You know, it's, it's, it's devastating uh, on a lot of levels. Um, and, and just a quick side note, that's why it's always slightly annoying to me when a band who still has all its members or primary members alive can't get their shit together and get something done. You know, I was glad to see Smashing Pumpkins get back together. Say what you want about the new material. Wonderful that they could do that. Um, I was, you know, and I'm pissed that bands like the Smiths and Husker Du have never gotten back together despite their members being, you know, doing great music. And the thing is, individually, all these people have done great music after the bands, you know, the, the, the ones who are creators. And I'm not taking away anything from that. I'm saying... Why not maximize the opportunity you have while everyone is still living? And I hope, you know, I, I, uh, I hope that you all take that to heart and do that with whatever you're doing in life and the people that you love. Um, and let me know. Let me know if you agree with death is dumb or you have another philosophy on it, uh, what you think about Fountains of Wayne, what you think about my music, my song, Wake Up High, what you think about this whole idea that I'm talking about, love it or hate it, I wanna hear from you because as always, my objectives here are music, conversation, and connection. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, and I will talk to you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 